0: I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people?
1: tofu dinner (laughs) all
2: right so yeah i'm here with uh jen uh and she teaches uh what grades do you teach
1: i teach fourth this is my second year in fourth and i spent seven years in third grade
2: oh did why did you finally graduate third grade and now I
1: i get this a lot because i didn't know when i made the change that apparently it's um it's a south park thing but i didn't know this so I actually changed my, I changed sites and grade levels.
2: Do you like get paid more uh, the higher the grade goes or?
1: We all are on like a, like a schedule or like, a, you know, so depending on how much experience you have and how many credits you have, you know, and every year we get like a little bit of a bump. So you're on this like schedule. So we all get paid a different amount, but like a person with my same experience and same credentialing and same time in the district would get paid the same amount, but there's so many variables involved in that. And no, we don't get paid anymore as a high school teacher, middle school teacher, or elementary school teacher that I'm aware of.
2: Really? So K through 12, it's all, I mean, all things being the same, you know, like it's the same base, like kind of pay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, and then depending on what your schooling is, which, you know, you have different schooling depending on what you're teaching.
2: Oh, like if you're pulling a master's, you can probably kind of like, yeah. I see. I see. Pro- there's, I can't imagine there'd be too much of a difference, but do you see a noticeable difference between third and fourth grade?
1: Um, not quite yet. I feel like it's too early to tell. I chose the worst possible time to change grade levels because um it was i changed sites and grade levels right after the pandemic and we went back in person so like all these fourth graders didn't really know how to be in school anymore
3: Oh, so right. there
1: was a huge like this is only my second year in in a grade and you usually have to at least this is my theory you have to have at least like two years in a grade to kind of get a good understanding of what they're like but I changed schools too so different demographic and different grade level but like a lot of the kids have to relearn or had to relearn how to be back in school so last year was rough
2: yeah just so like both the students and the teacher just going in cold and blind relearning everything
1: Oh, man, we thought that we had it under control. (laughs) We didn't
2: at all. Um, All right. So we got some questions from uh, listeners and other people about Jen and her teaching career. First question is, why did you choose this career and what in your life led you to it?
1: Okay. So, um... As a teenager, I meandered around, not really knowing what I was gonna do with my life. Like, I was very wishy-washy, which I think most, like, 18-year-olds are like. I was 17 when I went to college, and I thought that I was gonna go into the Navy, and I changed my mind last minute, and then I went to school for, I found a college for nursing. And then I changed my mind again, I wanted to go into clinical psychology. Um, and I met my husband, you know, no longer husband, but I met him when I, we were in college and we kind of went through this whole thing. And after the second time I was denied my application to grad school to become a clinical psychologist, I kind of just gave up on schooling for a little bit. He went to law school and I just worked at Starbucks to kind of put us through. And then he just kind of kept pushing, like, you know, you probably would like being a teacher. You probably like being a teacher. And at the time, I didn't like kids at all.
2: (laughs) Well, why was he saying that? Like, what did he see in you?
1: Well, because I've always been really into, like, I don't know, pens and paper and things. (laughs) I don't know. He just thought that it would be a good fit.
2: And office supplies. Hey, you really like paper clips. You should be a fucking college professor.
1: You have no idea like <laughs> orders and little did I know in hindsight when I was in grade school I used to be obsessed with the teacher edition because it had all the answers in it right and then I used to just like I used to help decorate like my grade school teachers bulletin boards like hello Jen like you should have been a teacher all along. So I waited some time and then it was about the time that we were about to have our first child. Um, I got into I got into a master's program. It was a master's in teaching program. Um, Of course, it was at USC, so I'm still paying for that. Um, and then I just kind of took my time. I still didn't go in. It took me like a few years to actually get into the teaching profession because we moved and had a kid and it just wasn't working. And I thought that I had to like have all my debts in a row before I became a teacher. So I did some other things. Um, this is my ninth year teaching and I'm 41. So it took me a little bit of time. Uh, yeah. And so I went... I got my bachelor's in psychology and then I waited a while and then I got my master's in teaching and then I kind of took a little like side like a little side path um, a little detour and I became a BCBA that's a board certified behavior analyst and I worked with children with special needs in their homes so we did all kinds of different skill levels which has actually been very beneficial for my current job.
2: Wait, what was that again? It was a VCBA?
1: VCBA, a board certified behavior analyst. So I went back to school. So I tell my students that I'm basically in the 20th grade because that's how much education I've had. (laughs) And (laughs) they think it's fun. And then they, um, so then I stopped that because it was just a mess and it wasn't, it wasn't banker's hours. And it was really hard for me to have a family and work at the same time. Cause I was working until like nine o'clock at night and it was just draining me. So I went and put my resume in at the local district here and got a call and got hired basically like right away. Um, I had a preliminary credential. Um, I went to college with, with girls that like went into the profession right out of college. Like they were teaching right after. So they actually, you can get a bachelor's degree and your credential at the same time. That's what I did with my master's. I got my credentialing classes all in one.
2: So, I mean, the next question would be, how long does it take to become one? You can basically, as soon as you get an associate's or bachelor's or or master's, of course, but like right there, you can just get kind of certified and and jump in from there?
1: Yeah, you have a bachelor's and you, like if you've taken... The C Best and C set or even just the C Best is kind of get your foot in the door. So you get hired, basically you're like, you know, hey Neil, welcome to the party. And then they're like, Now you need to get into a program. So then you'll kind of do your program at the same time as teaching.
2: So what do you mean by program?
1: So you would find some program like I did that has like a credentialing, a teacher credentialing program. You have to go through pedagogy courses. So you student teach at the same time. What I did with my program is I had a, a master teacher and I was a student teacher. So I would go in and teach bell to bell in both a primary and an upper, like an intermediate. And I it would intermediate cuts off at fifth grade. So I went in and I taught and then my teachers would give me feedback and I would go from there
2: they're sitting in the classroom with you like taking notes and shit
1: yeah when you become a student teacher you're typically almost like you have two teachers in the classroom but one's getting paid to do it and the other's not and i did it you do it from bell to bell at least four days a week at least this is the way i did it my teachers were there and then there would be a couple of weeks or at least i just started taking over from bell to bell and they sit back and they would grade or they would watch me or they would like give me feedback oh, God, or we that's would do fucking it together. Stressful.
3: Jesus you, God.
1: Have, you have no idea because my program was online, I had to record myself and then I had to like edit it and then upload it and watch it and analyze it. It's grueling.
2: Ugh. See, I in my head I have this. Dead poet society, Keating. Like I'm just gonna walk in there, tell the kids to rip out the pages of the books, and we're gonna walk
0: <laughs> outside. I'm gonna show you how it really excrement. That's what I think of, Mister J. Evans Pritchard. We're not laying pipe. We're talking about poetry. How can you describe poetry like American Bandstand? Well, I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to it. <laughs> now I want you to rip out that page. Rip out the entire page. You hear me? Rip it out. Rip it out! Come on. Rip it out! <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Dalton. Gentlemen, tell you what, don't just tear out that page. Tear out the entire introduction. I want it gone. History. Leave nothing of it. Rip it out. Rip! Be gone, J. Evans Pritchard, PhD. Rip, shred, tear, rip it out! I want to hear nothing but ripping of Mr. Pritchard. We'll perforate it. Put it on a roll. <laughs> the bible you're not going to go to hell for this make a clean tear
1: i want nothing left of it oh man that's not how it is and it's really funny because then the way i did it at usc our classes even though they were online they were live classes so you still had to go and sit down for an hour and have a video and you would sit down and you would like talk about your stuff and you would go into breakout rooms and you guys would work on things. Like I would be working with somebody from Florida or, you know, I don't think they ever saw my videos. It's getting kind of hazy now, but my instructors definitely did and they provided feedback. So
2: what was the, the <laughs> like the, the hardest feedback to hear?
1: You know what? To be honest, I got worse feedback on my papers than my actual practice teaching. Um, I think when i went through this process that's when i started to realize i was made for this um i got really good feedback on what i did and then all my masters teachers were always very like uh, they were shocked at how well i just kind of took the reins but i think it was hard because i i think the writing and all the work kind of took a toll on me i was a, i was a mom of a like 5 week old baby at the time too and
2: Wait, you gave birth like a month prior, and then you <laughs> hopped into fucking
1: teaching? Gym? Yeah, I know, I'm insane. Yeah, it was hard. I to and you know what? To let's just put put it all out there. I was working. I was student teaching bell to bell Monday through Thursday. I had a five week old baby that I was nursing, and I worked at Starbucks Saturday and Sunday. I didn't have a day off for over a year.
2: Let me ask you a question, okay. So, okay. You know those times where like teachers out of nowhere, they're like, okay, kids, today we're just gonna fucking play heads up seven up for 55, god damn it. <laughs> is that, is it like you're fucking hungover or you just had a, a bad day or a bad night? Is, is that what it, that really is about?
1: You know, it really depends. A long time ago, like almost three years ago, I I was drinking heavily. So yes, sometimes there, <laughs> were, there were hungover days or there would be like a day when I just couldn't handle it and like, but I, I quit drinking. I take better care of myself I make sure I go to bed a little earlier, but I'm older now, right? Mm. So I'm a little more responsible, but there were days. And to be honest, when I got my divorce, if it wasn't for work, getting me out of bed, I would have, I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, there are times when I'm sick or I don't feel good or something's happening or there's just something else I have to get done where I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to change what we're doing. We're going to do this and this and this. But I will tell them what's going on with me. I find that the more I talk to them about like they're like they're adults or like we're on a level more of a level playing field that they kind of understand it. So if I come in with a, a huge headache and I just can't go home, I'll be like, guys, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need to tone it down just a little bit. And this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this and this and this.
2: I can imagine that like the really, really tough moments or whatever, like when you feel alone or something like that. And then you just have these kids with those, like, I love you, t-, or you're the yeah. best teacher yeah. cards. That's just going to like fill your cup right
3: back up.
1: All the time. Yeah. So there were times like, and then after my divorce, I did, I dated a really, terrible person and he like tore me apart on a regular basis so like any days when those types of things would happen i would feel like my life sucked i would come to work and there would be a student that like i made you this bracelet or they would write you a note or they would be like you're so pretty or they would just they would just be like ah you're so you're just the best teacher and I, and that makes you keep going. Cause there's like these sweet little babies that need you to keep going. So you do.
2: When I was in third and fourth grade or whatever, this is, you know, you see, you're the same age, Jenner. Like we had like the overhead projectors, right. And like, uh, you had to call the janitor to wheel in that big fucking TV <laughs> with the straps over it. Yeah. And then with the VHS. So, okay. But like, this is like 20 years later. What, what, what are what do kids do? Like, what do you do now with kid? I'm not a teacher, so I can't even imagine what. Because we would ha- we play Oregon Trail on like some da floppy yeah. disk.
1: Oh, by the way, Oregon Trail is back apparently. What? Yes, it is back. It is. Is it like
2: absolutely. all super 3D graphics and like,
1: shit? 80s kids are like super stoked about it, but I haven't even tried it. My my children play it. My own children have played Oregon Trail. Get
2: the Trail. fuck out of yeah, here! Yeah,
1: I'm dead serious.
2: Same premise, so, like. You know, butt faces died from cholera. Or
1: yeah, dysentery is the big thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how I learned what dysentery was. No shit.
2: What, 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 hey, wait, wait, hold on. What about Carmen San Diego?
1: Um, I have. I don't know. There's probably some sort of update because my students. You know, I can ask them tomorrow and be like, "Do you guys know who Carmen San Diego is?" I'll write that down. and I'll tell you. Um, but you're talking like technology, right? So technology has like come on. I did a a year distance teaching. We can do anything now. Right. So, um, we don't have a projector overhead, but I have the tech that's new and different that I love. Um, I have a microphone, so I wear my microphone and especially when they're particularly rowdy, I don't always like to use it, but I don't know why I should probably use it more.
2: PA system in your
1: classroom, Jen everybody has one and then i have an elmo or a projector that i can just put my work under like i usually take their work a blank one because the teacher edition always has the answers and i want to work it out with them so i would put my work under there and i can zoom in and i can they see it like a photo so i can project that the cool thing too is i have pens that will interact with them i can write over them i can i can basically i'm projecting my computer too So I can have, I have two computer screens and one of those screens goes to the projector. So whatever I put on that screen, they can see, I can turn it on and off and I can change the volume for that. Um, When we have class parties, which I never do, never. Okay. We have class parties and when I do, or if I just need them to calm down and be quiet when we're having kind of like some chill time, I can put on like magic school bus through my Netflix. Let's be honest it's not my netflix it's my mother's netflix but well, <laughs> yeah. i'm a teacher i don't buy It's all these
2: serial killer documentaries <laughs> and Jen. no
1: no 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 i usually sign on with my youngest my youngest profile because i know that whatever kids is there like and so then they're totally nosy like why is he watching this and, and i go mind your own business just let me pull up magic school bus and they're like oh did you watch bling playing and love and i'm like i don't even know Paw patrol like
2: patrol sucks
1: no, seriously and they're like oh i can't believe he watches that and i'm like mind your own business like that kid's cooler than you are stop so so funny, they're dude. always up in my business so i can put all that stuff in you don't have to wheel anything in and the cool thing about my projector area is it's also a whiteboard So, when I have it off, I... Oh,
2: that's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, we don't have chalk anymore. We have whiteboards, and I have dry erase markers that I go through. Right, right. So, that's kind of how technology is now. Oh, and all of our students have Chromebooks. Wait. We have a one-to-one ratio with Chromebooks. fourth
2: graders have lap... Each fourth Mm -hmm. grade has a fucking
1: laptop? It goes all the way down to second grade. Yeah. In our district right now, all the way down to second grade, everybody has a Chromebook. And it's really cool. I mean, we had it for before distance learning, but now everybody has it. Up until we're trying to get it for first graders, it's really convenient for a lot of things. They take a lot of their tests on their Chromebooks. It's a one-to-one ratio. I have 36 Chromebooks in my classroom, and I have currently oh, have 28 God, students. God, what? Last year, I had 31. Dude, I... Dude, <laughs> Am I blowing mine mind right now?
2: I was a kid, Like, do, remember we had, like, computer day it was like once some it was like on a friday
1: we still have a computer lab and they have desktops in there but they have it here
2: so instead of like assigning books just every kid okay your number 553 and then like every kid has a thing in the head.
1: everybody in my classroom has a number for everything and so like okay well your number five and your number five chromebook your number five seat your number five you know like this book your number you know like it just kind of makes it easier so yeah they take a lot of their tests on there it's a lot easier for grading um the cool thing is my favorite my favorite thing i like to do is that i can control their chromebooks from my desktop so i can push out links that we need to go to i can also turn i can pause all of their screens or i can pause each screen individually so if somebody's on a website that they shouldn't be on I'll shut it down and they get really upset. I can also close their tabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they're in the middle of a bunch of stuff, I can that's close their cool, tabs man. down. I mean, like
2: like I know like I'm I know that technology because that's how I, I help my customers. I literally just virtual in, but yeah. I but I did not know that yeah. teachers could do that and or do do that right now with, with third and fourth graders. Like that's crazy, dude. Yeah,
1: it's awesome. My my son actually has a Chromebook, not in the classroom because he's in middle school. He takes it home. So he go, brings his Chromebook to every class and then he brings <sighs> it home and he works on it from home. So anybody from middle school up and at the end of the year, he returns it. So do
2: kids have backpacks or books or lockers anymore?
1: They all have backpacks. They take them to and from school. My son doesn't have a locker at in middle school. So his Chromebook goes... his backpack everywhere
2: but but they don't check out any books anymore do they
1: we check out books in the library but a lot of books are actually online which makes it a little easier like a lot of kids can read books online and we do that but we do we have a library where they check books out the only thing they don't take home is like my textbooks that we can we don't write in because we have consumable textbooks and then we have like the hard books and those Mm. ones stay like uh, yeah those ones have to stay and i have to use them every year but the consumables eventually they take them home and mm-hmm. that would get your whole that would get your whole textbook ripping you know <laughs> it, that would meet that need because we get to tear papers out of these books and they take them home that's where they get their homework or practice pages
2: so yeah man so so the so there's no more like okay class i'll be right back i'm going to the office to like the copy machine to print this up and then like hand them out and
1: no i okay a i have a printer in my classroom wow and b i can't leave my classroom oh not with children in there Liability issue
2: I know with the whole gun violence thing in the last decade so is that like a a big um like do teachers have to have like a special training for that kind of thing like behind closed doors like protocol Um,
1: we have protocols for those types of drills um like i don't carry a gun or anything we don't have guns on campus or anything like that um the biggest thing i have is i have two doors in my classroom i have a back door and a front door The back door stays locked they both stay locked all the time but i have a magnet that i put into that little the like the socket where the door would go so that instead of it's locked so they we can go in and out and open the door but if i ever had an emergency i could just like crack the door and pull it out and then that way oh i see like you slide
2: it and then the latch goes in and locks okay that's cool
1: yeah but we have windows so that's really not gonna like protect us from bullets.
2: Yeah. It's so crazy oh. that that has to be a concern.
1: Well, when we were in high school, that's when Columbine happened, so
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean But the thing is back we, then that was such a crazy anomaly that it was yeah. big news. Yeah. And it was yeah. it's it was but like nowadays it's like, "Oh, it's a Tuesday." You know.
1: It's a Tuesday what happened in what happened in Texas and you know like Right. It's like, that's just something we know happens. And I actually, it really sucks because I do have these conversations with my students because obviously I'm super bossy and I talk very loud and I am i tell them, like, I, you know.
2: I, <laughs> that's why I can't imagine you needed a mic.
1: <laughs> you'd be surprised. So then I've told them, I always tell them in the beginning of the year, look, like if my demeanor changes in a point where you are alarmed, you need to follow directions the first time as if your life depended on it because it probably does. And I've talked to them about like if somebody came in, like what to do and and if something were to happen to me that they were gonna need to like move, you know, like not stop and try to help me. But, like what would probably happen is I was, a, I would probably attempt to get them out of the classroom before I left the classroom. They hate that conversation, but it needs to happen because we have to have it,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would your advice be for someone who's indecisive about choosing between teaching middle school versus elementary? Right. Well, actually, first, let's kind of, let's, let's do the parameters. What's okay. the grade or age difference between elementary and middle school?
1: Um, it varies a little bit from district to district, as far as I'm aware of. So all I can tell you is what ours does. So from TK that's transitional kindergarten, from t- t- TK to 5th, that's elementary school. Okay. So we have seven grade levels in our, at our school. And then after that, they go to six, seven, eight for middle school, and then 9, 10, 11, 12 for high school. Gotcha. Now, okay. when they leave me, like, I have one class that I hang out with six hours a day, right? They're the same kids for every subject. I just have one group of kids. And then when they go to middle school, they get seven teachers and then each one is like somewhat under an hour and you get one subject. So if I were teaching middle school, the difference would be I would get about 120 students, 120, 130 students, but I would only get them for about an hour a day. So you have to be really precise on your teaching and you would teach one subject typically unless you like did art and history you know like depending on what you're doing yeah. but you would have and then you would have a different set of class like a different set of kids for every period so the difference would be like you're a math teacher you're an english teacher you're a history teacher that's what you do um yeah. i have spoken in middle school and high school teachers who do that and they're like oh yeah by the end of the day my lessons were great the beginning is where it was a problem <laughs> But for me, like my students, it's kind of nice because I can switch it around. I teach them English, I teach them math and science and art and PE. We do it all. So I I like it because they're little and I like it because I get to know them very well. When they go to middle school, at at least this is my personal mama experience it's a little less personal because they only have your kid or you would only have your student for like an hour. That doesn't give you a whole lot of time to build a really good rapport with them. So for me, I'm a very personal person. Like I really wanna get to know my students and then we have a good bond and like we have common goals. And then that way, like, if math doesn't work at 8 a.m., then I can move it to 10 because it's the same kids. Um, now, as far as being indecisive, like, I could go and teach middle school. But by the time I've been in that setting for two years, I had better go get my credential for that. Right now, I have a general, like, a multiple subject credential. So that's only for elementary school. I could change trajectories and go that way, but I would have to go back to school in order to remain permanent and do that. I'm already permanent, and I've had my credential for almost ten years. Um, and I don't, I don't really want to change it anyway. But that would be the difference. Um, and some people who teach high school and middle school, they love it. Clearly, you get older kiddos. But before I decided to teach, I decided I wanted to get them before they did drugs or each other. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, before the damage
1: beforehand, they're still sweet and cute, and they believe in you. They, I believe in them, and they believe I'm magic. I mean, I am, but they do. They know I'm magic. <laughs> so they're just—I don't know—that's my jam. They're my people. But I do know people that teach the older grades that that's their people. Um, I've talked to high school teachers who have said like, "Oh, I love talking to my students about like they're dating or." And that stuff gives me such anxiety. And then like they get into trouble or they, I don't know, they're too in the middle for me.
3: Yeah.
2: They're, they're, they're in the middle of the storm.
1: It's a weird age. Like my 12 year old is currently at that age. And I couldn't dream of being surrounded by 130 of them. No, thanks. I have 28 students that I know very well. And we just revive we like we are in that classroom and we get each other and we have good days and bad days, but they're mine and they're mine all year. Um, that kind of leads to some tears at the end of the year because we don't want to let each other go, but that's also, right. that you're doing, a, yeah. you're doing something well.
2: See, like I, I remember that tonal shift from being going from like elementary to whatever, to middle school, like, cause you had homeroom back way yeah. back. They, were,
1: they call it advisory right now. They have that. Yeah. What is it called now? My son has an advisory period. It's his first period. So it's kind of like where they take attendance and they kind of make sure, they give you your schedule and all that jazz.
2: Yeah. Okay. Advisory. So like our, like it would be Miss Opendall or Miss Bucknam or Miss Sakamoto or something like that. Yeah. And then the big change came, is like you said, to where it, suddenly we have six blocks or whatever it's called sure. now, periods. And then you just one teacher at a time. And the thing is that like, you're totally right in terms of it does get a little more impersonal. But what ends up happening is, especially around high school, you kind of mentally assign a homeroom teacher. Like you, you just you, whatever teacher you just like, yeah. like Mr. Johnson, or Mr. Roberts, or Mrs. Wood or whatever Green. You kind of make that teacher your favorite in your head, and she, he or she becomes your homeroom teacher, and you go to I him or her for like anyway.
1: That's your person, you know, like somebody that you mess well with. Yeah. Like like you meant, like Mrs. Wood was my person. Like I, she taught me English and she was my homeroom teacher, right? So that was like my, that was my, my, that was our base, you know? But I am their base now.
2: It's interesting how, like, how you were saying that for, the 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 older kids how their lessons go from rough in the morning and then over the next six classes they kind of like slowly shape the lessons to what by the time it's like period 6 it's just it's snapping all the fat is cut out of it
1: then they're like you're a pro by the end of the day whereas i get one chance to teach that lesson and if i screw it up i got to come back the next day and be like well let's try this instead but like I teach one lesson, I, ne- I never teach the same lesson.
2: Well, how many kids do you have in the classroom? More, give give or take.
1: Currently twenty eight. Okay. I'm encouraging on twenty nine. I have a new person. I have a new kid starting. This. Okay,
2: so let's just say thirty, give or take. So with with yeah. about thirty kids, what do you do when there's like clearly like those two or three kids that are just they they mean well. They're not doing anything wrong, but they're 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 just slow. They're not. It's not catch. Not that they're dumb, but just whatever this particular subject is, it's just not sticking to the wall, oh, yeah. so to speak. Like, how do you get those slow ones to catch up? So to the other 25 it doesn't always
1: happen like they don't always catch up that year but what teachers do in the beginning of the year is we assess all of our students on various levels mostly it's math and reading and then that kind of gives you a good like snapshot of okay here's your high kids here are your medium kids and here are your low kids and those kids that are low we need to go back like for me they have five years of schooling right so i need to go back and say all right what happened in the past i need mean, to talk to their past teacher and we need to run some tests and then we start interventions and we talk to parents and we get them involved we we do screenings to see like is there a learning disability is there you know like are they disabled?
2: so you literally do research outside out and off hours. we
1: you we do a little bit of that but we usually do it as a team at least that's my been my experience at the both both of the schools that i've worked at Whereas we meet on a grade level every week, so our kids will go to a computer library counseling rotation for 90 minutes, and that gives us as a grade level team time to talk with our principal and our projects coordinator about like, okay, concerns we have, and then we put in an intervention in place. So we separate, we'll put all of our kids in the whole grade level and then we split them up so 30 minutes a day we do an intervention time so we can either intervene or enrich so the kids that are on track they get some sort of enrichment so if they understand their multiplication they're going to use multiplication in like a deeper way and the other kids that didn't get that lesson we're going to reteach it and then we also retest them to see if it worked and if it didn't, and there's no oh. response to that intervention, then we call in parents, we have meetings, we screen them for any disabilities.
2: Wait, you retest that specific student?
1: We reteach our group. Oh, so if then, I don't have a group, okay. of 10, and then we'll see growth or not growth, then they can get an IEP. So then they get like RSP support. That's a resource specialist. So they're in special education, but they're not, in a special education room a classroom they're with me but they get pulled out for extra help so if like johnny can't multiply then he goes goes and practices that or if he doesn't know his his letter sounds then he'll go to Mm -hmm. his RSP teacher for that so depending on what the kid needs we kind of need to change our instruction for that and that's our time to do it and then you know then there's other courses of action like retention which only in extreme cases have i seen that work and then there's interventions like you know and sometimes if you see growth if you see growth out of a kid like there's like hope you know so you will keep doing what you're doing and then if we're not seeing any growth, then, you know, you you talk because there's so many things that could be going on with a kid. We got to be involved with their parents, their family, their past teachers, us as a grade level, like there's a, a lot to it. So if they, it depends on which direction each kid is different. So you it sounds like that's adjust.
2: another benefit to teaching uh, elementary versus middle school or high school is that your age group the lesson plans seem far less rigid and gives you, gives you more flexibility to kind of like, you know, customize or, 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 mold your lesson to like how the kids are doing and feeling. Whereas, you know, by the time you're in high school, it's like, this is what we're fucking doing today. You're either on the parade float or you're not. You
1: either do it or you don't.
2: Right. You get an
1: or what? Like, that's pretty much it. With me, the cool thing is, like, we could get some stuff done, or I could put like science on the back burner for the day and like pull some kids aside that bomb the test. And And so I'll sit and be like, okay, well, let's try this property. Let's, I wanna see you work it. Where did you go wrong? And I'll make them do it in front of me and I'll kind of guide them and provide appropriate scaffolding. And then when it comes, then I'll have them like, that's a little reteach moment. Or like the kids, if I'm in the middle of a whole group, and some of the kids are getting it. Like those kids I won't work with. I'll be like, okay, you're gonna do like either A, B or C while I try and reteach these kids in the moment. Like you're not getting it. And it's hard because when they're little, they don't really tell you like, dude, I'm not getting it. Course, so I have yeah. to see that they're not getting it They' I don't know why I'm not that scary, but they still won't tell me like, I need help. So sometimes their parents have to tell me and sometimes they do, but I have to kind of see them struggle and then I can catch it. So there's it's so multifaceted with your various grade level. Like in one grade level, I have a kid that reads currently at a first grade level, the cannoli, and then I have other kids that are like way advanced, like reading like sixth, seventh grade level. So and then everything in between.
2: You gotta kind of cater to that whole spectrum.
1: Yeah, and I also think you need to enrich the high kids too. So you know, instead of just letting them sit there and do nothing, like, I have to get creative in, like, giving them, like, an extracurricular activity or more responsibility in the classroom because I don't think just letting them sit there and not do anything is a good option either. So I have to be juggling.
2: What about, like, I skipped grades at the recommendation of teachers. I Mm -hmm. I wish I didn't. But, I mean, like, are you able to... Is that a thing anymore? You know what's weird
1: is I didn't think it was a thing anymore. Because my children are high, like they're high. They're very, they're just bright kids, but they're immature. So like they wouldn't match their grade level. But I currently have a student who skipped kindergarten. He came in and instead of going to kindergarten, he's in, he went to first and so now he's in fourth. Um, he really is a bright kid, but you can kind of clear that, clearly see that his maturity level is significantly different when it comes down to it we don't typically do that even my principal was like it's frowned upon mostly for maturity sake because if you skipped a grade level like that's
2: yeah again intellectually not a problem but emotionally yeah. maturity wise like even physically i was 4'11 mm-hmm. in eighth grade like i dude, i was it, it, it i wish i didn't do that but um
1: and kids these days are
2: rough yeah. i can't imagine doing that in the age of social media
1: oh no gross, man well could you imagine like you have a 16 year old graduating with a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds yeah dude
2: yeah yep that was me dude and it sucked it fucking sucked
1: that's a huge like believe it or not that's a big age gap but then you also have those parents that are like well how are you challenging my kid and i'm like listen timmy can't read so your kid can let's just be happy well that's
2: that that's what i'm saying like when you see a huge juxtaposition like does a kid get so far ahead when where you're like I can waste my not waste my time but I can spend my energy helping like this this tip top of the person get even better or they can just bump up a grade and I can work on the people you know behind or are you not allowed to do that or yeah. have you ever done that or have you ever thought about doing that
3: well, or
1: I've never thought about doing it myself because I just know from my colleagues that that's been frowned mm-hmm. upon but when it comes to like my high kids We have a lot of websites that we've gone through in the last nine years of me teaching that will, are usually user, they're computer adaptive. So those students will go through like a learning path and it'll ramp up the difficulty level based off of their skill level.
3: Oh, that's
1: nice. So we have some options. It's hard too though too, because if you're trying to teach a kid about fractions and they already know everything about (laughs) fractions, there's so much that can go wrong with that, especially when you have a know-it-all kiddo, which you always do. <laughs> and you're like, "Well, listen, ass, you teach it, because apparently I don't know what I'm doing." That's what
2: I'm saying. Like, those are the students you're like, "Just get the fuck to fifth, all right?" Just
1: can you, can you just be sick for a day and just <laughs> no, go play, I'm go, go play
2: Oregon Trail again.
1: I know. So we do have those options. I challenge them with other things like, you know, extra stuff. Like I put this particular student on yearbook, and I have him do um, like battle of the books. So he's challenged to read books, which I thought this, this was a this was a gen win here. Like the parents asked that I challenged this kid and then I asked him to join battle of the books where basically they read a bunch of books and they like they compete with each other um and you can go on to other cities and you know it's a big battle and he told me well i play sports and i said well it's only until 3 15. he said uh well i don't really like to read and i said well your dad asked me to challenge you so here you go <laughs> i handed him the permission slip and the next day he came in with it signed and i went thanks and he likes it so he thought that He thought I didn't know what I was talking about, but I did. (laughs) So I'm, this happened like last week and I'm like, ha ha ha, (laughs) I I win.
2: What do you do with kids that were like, you see abuse that happened or you can kind of sense it or they say something about it, you know?
1: Oh, that's not at all what I thought you were going to ask. Um, so we're mandated reporters. So any suspicion of neglect or abuse has to be reported. Because if I suspect anything. Even if you're not sure? Mm-hmm. Even if I okay. if I suspect. Like if Johnny has a bruise that he can't explain or I've had like five stories, I'm calling DCFS. Because and I have to make a written report and I have to tell them who I am because I am a mandated reporter. If I didn't say anything and something very bad happens to Johnny, it's my ass and my career. Yeah. So I just I'll I'll tell my principal, like, hey, I'm worried about this and this and this. I usually bounce it off and they'll tell me I've had three principals in my time. They'll say, Yeah, you need to call. So then I'll have to fill out a form and we have to fax it.
3: Have you
2: had to do that?
1: Oh yeah. At least once or twice a year so it oh, really de- we're mandated reporters so even if some shithead kid wants to be like yeah my mom beats me with the lead pipe i have to call it in you can't tell me that
2: do you ever get parents that are mad at you like what the fuck, man da, 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 i didn't do shit.
1: i did actually have that happen a couple of years ago where dcfs it's department of family and child services i've had them actually put my name and i think like it was supposed to be anonymous but somehow the parent found out and it wasn't that I actually thought something was happening but I had to call and so they did a visit and somehow instead of they usually send me a letter to the school but they sent me a letter to the to the house and that that mom was livid I'm lucky and nothing happened from that but it could have like what if mom was mad and she came after me you know like she could have
2: I mean, did you have to talk to the mom? Like, hey, man, I'm just doing my job.
1: Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think my principal handled it because I was freaked out.
2: Yeah, man. Big time. And,
1: and That's why
2: it's supposed to be anonymous.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's hard because I'm not anonymous when I call. And I do know, by experience, that anybody can call in a welfare check or some concern. But as a mandated reporter, I have to do a formal report so we do a mandatory child abuse training every year every year
2: like updated Mm -hmm. protocols and stuff
1: Mm -hmm. and then we have to sign documentation like it's kind of tedious because i've done it enough you know and it's also like that's the worst part you know like thinking about this kind of stuff but then it kind of teaches you what signs to look for and then like we they always tell us when in doubt report it yeah you'd have Anything whatsoever, like oh my mom never feeds me dinner. I'm calling. Like I have to.
2: Dude, you know how many Netflix specials I've watched were just known reported because they didn't believe the kid or they thought that they, they thought the kid was exaggerating. Why not just better safe than sorry? I couldn't like,
1: imagine because a I love my job, and B, if that baby is in danger and something happened, that's on your conscience. Like
2: dude, forever. Yep.
1: I couldn't and I it takes me about a week to fall in love with my children like my students and after that they're mine <laughs> so if anybody wants to fight with them or do any like I'm very protective I man I've seen some desolate houses and I've seen kids go back to homes that they shouldn't have gone back to but when I've done my job it's out of my hands yeah so
2: yeah that can be a fun part <laughs> so this one was from oh yeah okay um so uh it's no secret that teachers are undervalued and underpaid how do you handle burnout and exhaustion
1: (laughs) um summer
2: (laughs) i just bottled it up for 10 months
1: i have no idea um It, I think it varies for everybody and depending on the time of year. So summertime I disappear and I don't want to talk school about forever. Um, and I just bank on that time to kind of get lost. Um, but I feel like in any job you have to have some sort of self care regimen and that works for you for Jen, it could be and like, I don't drink anymore, but like it used to be a lot of drinking, um, mostly to handle all those kids. It's funny cause sometimes parents will bring you alcohol as a gift. And I've had to tell my parents now, like, don't bring me any of that. Cause it'll just waste your money. I don't drink that. Um, but for me, like I work out and I cook and I chillax with my kids and watch some TV, um, play music, long showers contemplating my life's decisions, you know. <laughs> but I also I grind hard so I can play hard. So I do go and do fun things that fill my cup. Um and I don't really rely on anybody else filling my cup because you know somebody's gonna drop the ball. So um
2: yeah I think that's that's critical. Yeah
1: my children go back to their father every other week and that Monday that they leave I reserve for gen self care time.
2: It's cup filling time.
1: It's my time. Like I've, I've tried to, I've had people go like, oh, well, do you want to do dinner? And I'm like, no, I mean, I do, but I can't, it's Jen self-care day and it's happens every other Monday. And I just, I come home and I may or may not work out, but I cook and I zone out. Like it's don't out. I mean, it'll be social media. It could be a movie. It could be playing with my cats, drawing, whatever. Painting. Yeah, anything that just really, sometimes it's going to bed early.
2: (laughs) Dude, yeah, you know, and I think that's healthy, like, you know, to, like, you know, this block is just for me, and no one is allowed to break through that. You'd
1: be surprised how much people hate that, too, and you're like, no, no, no.
2: Yeah, they get offended.
1: Yeah, because you're putting yourself first, but... I, I cannot and I can't rely on anybody else to fill that cup. And sometimes just being away from children in general, just because I have kids and then I work with kids. And so and then more adult time, we don't get a whole lot of time because it's like at recess or at lunch and we only get a 45 minute lunch or we only get a few minutes after school. So we talk really fast. And we're like oh hey how was your day and then we're gonna do this and it's (laughs) it's a lot because we don't talk to adults i'm surrounded by children all day every day so anytime i get a chance to interact with grown-ups that's also very rewarding and having because i'm i'm explaining the way i talk all day long and to have to be able to talk to a grown-up that understands what i'm saying without me saying like do you know what facetious means you know like (laughs) they give you that look and you're like oh you guys don't know what conservation is okay let's go back
2: i constantly have to dumb down your vernacular yeah constantly
1: but it makes theirs better so it's for the greater good and it's pretty cool but in order to have an actual adult conversation is and i'm a huge extrovert so interacting with adults is good for me but there's still got to be that chill time and sometimes i'll reserve weekends where I put up my blackout curtains and I I'm purposely in bed all day Yep. because I don't get as much rest during the week.
2: Um, what has been the best and worst days on your job?
1: That's a really hard question. I think out of all the questions, like I, I can't think of one
2: for either one best or worst. No.
1: So here's the thing. There's always, there's so much that happens in a school day that, It could be good or bad or just nothing. So it all and it all overflows. So I've thought about my worst days, and a lot of them were tainted by personal stuff. You know, I came to work empty. You know, and it got pulled up by students. And then I've been come to work like, yeah, let's get going. And then something really bad happens, or I've had to change everything, or my students were terrible, or you know, like there could be any number of variables that would affect my day. But a lot of times my personal stuff, or even my relationship with colleagues, like my grown-up relationship is what is impacting my day. But I've got these like 28 fourth graders that look at me with these big eyes like, oh, I gotta put whatever's bugging me like on the shelf and do this and focus with them. And it changes it, like it changes my day. And I don't put all the pressure on them to change my day, but it just happens. I think the days that I had that were the hardest, I was going through a lot of stuff personally. And my son was also in third grade when I was teaching third grade at my school. Um, I think those we had hard times because we got into fights. He wasn't in my class, but we had gotten into fights or he was breaking rules and we were fighting, you know, and then that was hard. I think that the year my son was in third grade at the same time.
2: Did you have to like be teacher Jen instead of mom Jen?
1: I had to turn the mom thing off and my good yeah. my good 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 i call her my work wife because we started at the same school at the same time and we worked together for about five years and she left that school and i i ended up leaving it just two years ago but we still talk but she was his second grade teacher and we were fighting about something ridiculous and she's like jen i got it you go and i went okay So like my village came in and like took care of it So I didn't have to be mom or teacher. Um, And then I think when I have students that misbehave, the thing is, like I'm really good at behavior management when it comes to my class. So I may have a kid that just completely flips my day upside down because he's so difficult. But I find that early on in the year, if I work with that, and I kind of like rule with that iron fist, like, no, this is my classroom and this is not how it's going to happen. So I can remember particularly last year, I had to call a mom. Actually, I tried to send a kid to the office, which I never do. I always handle my behavior problems, but he wouldn't leave and he was giant. So I couldn't like pick him up like a first grader. Right. So he wouldn't leave. And then I called my principal and she came and he he still wouldn't come. So she left and she calls me and goes, His mom's gonna knock on the back door and then he'll go home. And I said, okay, so I hear like this big pound on my door and she walks in and goes,
3: get up, get up, get up. And
1: I went, he got up and walked out the door. And I I was like, bye, see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, I think my hardest years mostly were behavior issues. And on a one-on-one basis, these kids are not, they're not evil. They're just rowdy, you know? They're just kids. Yeah, they're just kids.
2: Dude, it would be fucking creepy if you were teaching third graders and they were perfectly <laughs> like children of the corn behaved. Like, that would be right. terrifying.
1: Right. It would weird me out. But sometimes, and you know what? I think the best days I've had were when kids catch me off guard and I, there was there have been times when i've had to like just kind of step outside the classroom just to kind of get my composure because i'm (laughs) either laughing or ticked off or i'll like be i'll be facing my whiteboard and somebody will do something and it's already happened this year and we're like eight weeks in and i'll just turn and face my whiteboard and like put my head down and they know i'm smiling they just know they know i i can't help it and that's why I know I'm doing what I should be doing because if I can find joy even with some kids being an asshole, like okay.
2: <laughs> now, so how old? How old are third graders, fourth graders? That's uh, seven, no eight, nine,
1: ten. So third third grades typically eight and nine year olds, and fourth grade is typically nine and ten. But depending on who you start off
2: that means. Kids from when you started to teach are now eighteen.
1: They were babies. So
2: so yeah. so, now so do like do you have like eighteen nineteen year olds going hey remember me like anything like um that?
1: so I have okay so every year there's always one or two that just sticks with you you can't help that I have a student that remembers my birthday actually I think she forgot last week I better email her she emailed me for the last eight years on my birthday without fail she's a senior in high school now um but yeah they come back to me i'll end up knowing their parents or i'll know uh, i'll get their sibling in my class so that'll happen and that's really fun um but right now it's weird too because like i'll i'll be facebook friends with their parents and i'll see them post pictures of them and they're they don't i can't even recognize them it's weird because i don't look different but they do
2: that yeah well yeah i mean going from eight to 18 is just a monumental jump yeah yeah a
1: lot right so they will they'll see me and most of the time like at this point i did the math i'm roughly at about 200 students that i've taught so if i see them i usually know who it is but teachers master the art of like hi honey or hey how are you like we don't say their names because there's so many names and i don't want to offend them and not know their name and then after they leave i'm like oh that was aiden (laughs) like you know like then i put it together so i mean it's weird too because i'm good friends with some of their parents and like we have we're a small town so i'll be out shopping and i'll hear like like there's footprints running after me and it's terrifying and then i turn around and it's two of like two kids like they just jump me like they're hugging me and i'm like hi guys like it's it's really cool and then when my son plays baseball i have students it's weird i have students on every single field per age group that i've taught at some point and then they like i have one that pitches and whenever he's done he comes out specifically to come and say hi to me like and then they'll invite me to their games later on, or yeah, it's a trip because they go from kids to like their grownups.
2: So like, this is a myth in my head that I feel like is got to be true on some level, at least in high school. Before the the school year starts, everyone is assigned classrooms, right? And then you go there your first day and you walk into the classroom. And you're like, okay, I know that friend or whatever. I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like that isn't random. I feel like the teachers get together (laughs) ahead of time and go, "Fucking Chad, I'll give you Chad. He's a fucking pain in the ass. If you give me Jason,
1: you want to know how class it's not random." Okay, so I don't know how it is done in every other district, but this is how (laughs) it works in mine. Okay. So, at the end of every school year, we talk, we talk all year about our students and my principal knows every student and she does hand pick each student for each of us, okay? But at the end of every year, we take a list of all of our students and we kind of put them like, okay, these are all the ELs, our English language learners. We typically try to group them so that one teacher does that instruction. It's a minimum of 30 minutes a day. They have, they have to do it. So, might as well give, give them all to one teacher. So we, we put that in a group and then we talk about any kids that are on an IEP.
2: What is that? What is that?
1: IEP is an individualized education plan. Basically it's special education in the general education environment.
2: Okay. 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 And I'm then, looking for the asshole group.
1: Listen, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> your group? So then we sit there and we, we group them according to, oh God, I can't believe I'm mm-hmm. saying this publicly, but we talk about who has problem parents and who has behavior problems and who's high and who medium and low. So then we try and divide them up evenly. Like we, we have like big,
2: it's like a free agency list. It's like a whiteboard yeah, so and you're like, trading pretty much,
1: them pretty much. So we have I, big of paper, but it, there's more to it. So we go, okay, well, I can't put Timmy and Johnny together because they fought all year. I doing me Fuck nuts. Knew and it. Yep. And I go, Nope. He has to be away from him or that person, no. So we do that, but there's a couple of little tweaks that I don't have control over. So we make these general classrooms. We don't know who the teachers are always because there's always some sort of shift. Like right now we have two teachers in fourth and fifth that have returned from last year and then we have a new one on each grade level. So we have three. So what happens too right after that or right around that time is parents can request. So You can say, I want that teacher, you have to submit it in writing, say why, and then the principal will, quote, consider it. Right Now, the principal usually adheres to them unless it's a behavior problem or some other conflict. Um, So, you know, like Johnny and Timmy might end up together again because both Johnny's mommy and Timmy's mommy requested me. Oh, out of our hands. So if Johnny and timmy you're not allowed
2: him, to veto that bit like, of no no, no 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 i'll no. you bella and lisa if you take fucking it's
1: not really good if i little bit of a little bit of a I bit of a little bit of a do bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little and of are in the same class and bit of a little you Know what I mean? So, like, not every teacher is gonna get all the behavior problems. I feel bad for kindergarten because we don't know what's coming. You just get what you get. Like,
2: yeah, that's you know what, what I'm saying. Way. As I was going through school, I was like, it's interesting how there's always two class clowns per fucking class. Yeah. That's fucking you know, they're, interesting.
1: Divided. they're pretty much divided evenly. That's and then like, okay, so last year I had I had a student whose mother turn like turned my life upside down he has a sister who's two years younger than him and when she comes to fourth grade I'm going to tell my principal I've done my time like whether she thinks I have or not I'm gonna say not that one please because that (laughs) that was it's not her it's the family it was just a really tough time last year so but I I did try that one time with an old principal and he made me feel really bad about saying I don't think I would mesh with that student, but as a teacher, and I've heard a lot of us say it, like I don't think Timmy would have the best chance of having a fair education in my classroom because I have some biases or there's a conflict of interest and so on and so forth. Um, It's just a professional conversation to have. We do split up the behavior issues and all the high kids but somehow every year somebody else clicks and like then those two are driving me nuts
2: i also feel like because i was a pain in the ass of a student that like my brother was two years younger than me i feel like as soon as the teachers are like thank god neil's fucking gone and they see garces comma oh fuck oh fuck it's another one it's another one of them like does that happen Um, too
1: I've had, okay, so when I got my roster, every time, and I don't know who I get until just before school starts, like most of us in this district, I've heard other districts where the teachers sit down, they they blue card and pink card, they get pink cards for the girls and blues for the boys, which I don't even know how that would go these days, but they would separate them all up, and by the end of the year, you had your class for next year, like Typically, sometimes people come late and they enroll later or, you know, they have to switch schools because they moved or whatever, but they would know ahead. I wouldn't know. I don't I I peek at my class roster all the way up until my principal says we're good to go, because then there's little movements that happen. And sometimes you're watching third graders come up and you're like, am I going to get that one or like I really want that kid? Am I gonna get him? You know what I mean? Like, you know, no. So I'm always kind of
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: always kind of snooping, and I know we all do it, but I don't label names on anything until my principal says we're good to go. And even then, my beautiful list of numbered I I do <laughs> I do a reverse alphabetical order because by the time there in my class, they've been in school and all the A's have been first and all the Y's and W's have been last. So right. I that's I smart. Beautiful, that's beautiful. I, like I stole that. that from another teacher.
2: Just a shred of balance in the universe. I appreciate that.
1: All teachers steal things from other people. So I stole that from somebody else, but it's a great idea and it seems to be working, but I have them in this numerical order and then I'll lose one or I'll get a new student. And then they don't fit because number 31 has actually got an H last name. And I'm like, that was fun for two weeks (laughs) for the the most part it it roughly lasts like i have two kids this year with a w last name and i'm like you guys are numbers one and two this year and they're like yeah i don't know why it matters (laughs) to kids it matters but you know the most trivial things matter to children and i give into it sometimes you know
2: all right uh what financial advice do you have for budgeting fall winter breaks and summer break not teaching
1: Okay, so I think that this is one of the most common myths, or maybe it's just my school district. The cool thing is, (laughs) I don't have a break in my income. So I don't, I get paid the same amount all the time. But there, so you could go through and have them not take money out of every check. They save a little bit of money for my check for 11 paychecks to create a 12th. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I could opt out. And save it myself or like if I, I don't know, maybe if I was wealthy, it wouldn't matter. But I still get a paycheck in the summer and I still get a paycheck on breaks. It doesn't matter. It's not hourly. It's I'm on a salary and I get paid the same. And the, okay. the 12th paycheck is like slightly smaller, but I'm not, it, it's really cool because I get paid during the summer to do nothing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Know a lot of teachers get second jobs in the summer because that's a big chunk of time to not have work. And it's an opportunity to make some extra money. But yeah, I, double
2: up on your income.
1: Exactly. I need that time to relax.
2: <laughs> Recharge. Yeah. The idea that you get paid on the summer, like it seems like a cool perk. I mean, it is a cool perk, but, um, you know, I dated yeah. a teacher and like I I mean, I heard stories But seeing it firsthand and just even helping her grade papers, which, you know, wasn't exactly ethical. But I was fucking astounded at how much, like, work you do off the clock. You almost work just as much. Uh, Well, I mean, she's a college professor, so I don't know if that's more or less than what you do. But you also pay for, like, your own, like, materials and shit. And if you have to share a classroom, that shit gets stolen by another teacher sometimes. And, like you're definitely paying.
1: So yes, you are absolutely right. I'm not gonna argue with that. Like I spend more money to teach than I than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, my supplies, usually I can get a lot of things covered by parents if I don't need it right away.
2: Are they tax write-offs too?
1: Sometimes, I can write off about $200 every year. Okay,
3: okay.
1: So, but like sometimes, like today, I bought a reinforcer treat for my students or a line competition that we did that's not something I'm going to ask anybody to pay me back because that's a genism that's my my reinforcement for them so yeah I do that I'll go to Dollar Tree and buy them toys or something like that if I there have been times at the end of the year that I've needed I've just said you know what I'm going to go to Walmart and buy the things I need so if you guys could give me money parents will give me money for that I just don't doing that sometimes I'll get money here and there it's inconsistent and it's I mean it's not really, not really like but also our school gives us like warehouse orders, so I can order paper color pencils. It's just things that you can't have right now, like if I needed five bottles of glue right now, I can't get it through the district or i I would just Did you say glue.
2: five bottles of lube
1: I, I said glue
2: oh glue
1: <laughs> yeah, a good meal. what are you I doing do- with these kids, Jen? <laughs> Oh, I like my job very much. I don't do anything <laughs> inappropriate. So it's it's kind of hard as far as the the finances go. We don't get paid a lot, nearly enough.
2: No, dude. Okay, and I've said this. I said this to so many people. If you ask fucking anyone from the any president of the United States to any athlete like Kobe, LeBron, or Jordan to any fucking. Uh, celebrity movie or just any any fucking any person any your own parents fucking a NASA scientist ask anybody ask them to name their top three or five heroes of their life there there will always be a fucking teacher or two on that list or sometimes at at the top or all of them Mm -hmm. teachers are always always at the list of of your heroes at some fucking point yeah like and I think that's a huge fucking litmus test for how critical they are.
1: Well, and there's a huge teacher shortage too. And we're not getting paid enough to deal with the bullshit that we're dealing with these days. So it's like,
2: oh god, there's
1: fewer yeah. of us and they don't pay us.
2: Is it because of the pandemic thing or something else?
1: Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it is the pandemic. A lot of teachers retired after the bullshit of having to go through the technology. Think about like older teachers who are stuck in their ways and then you have to do all this new stuff.
2: Right. How do I, how do I, the Zooms?
1: Is it on? Is your computer on? Yes, my computer's on.
2: Right? Who's Earl? That's a URL. Just fucking click it.
1: <laughs> on a whole, we get paid crap. And everybody knows it. But what would you do without teachers?
2: Dude, yeah. You should be getting paid three times as much.
1: I should be getting paid three times as much as what I get Easy. paid. Especially because... I was telling my students today, today, I said, you guys, I'm responsible for presenting language arts and math and science, but I'm teaching you manners and social skills. That's not what my credential is in. My credential is a multiple subject teaching credential. I know how to teach you guys these things. And yet here I'm teaching you how to tie your shoe and how to be nice to each other and how to keep your desk clean. These are skills that not getting if they don't get it from me they're not going to get it. So, I have to do it. It makes my life easier. It makes them better people. But honest to God, all they have to do is pay us more money. We're already doing it. And a lot of districts, I'm not saying mine does, but most districts will take advantage of the fact that we're emotionally invested in our jobs and we like what I what we do and take that for granted. Yes, we work after hours all the time. I work at least an hour before or after school. Most of the time, I'm not a morning person, so I'll stay after and grade and input grades and then set up things for next, like the next day or, you know, the two weeks before school starts, you'll see teachers at school were there. We're not required to be there. I try really hard to stay within my contractual hours which is 7 for it's 7:45 to 2:30 is the minimum that I have to be there but I'm there before and after that on a regular basis and sometimes I go in for like 5 hours on a Sunday and it it is grueling
2: like if you were paid hourly instead of salary you'd probably be making more I mean,
1: I would do so well. but it, it sucks. Like, we all need more money. Everybody does. Especially right now. Everything is so expensive and nobody's making more money.
3: What,
2: what do you say to, like, this current narrative that uh, teachers today are are trying to force gender, sex, uh, like they're trying to tell boys to be girls or.
1: What I recently found out is that it's against Ed Code to call an individual not by the name they want to go by. Like it's against ours. Like I cannot. Like if Timmy suddenly decides that he wants to go by Matilda, he is now Matilda, right? but when it comes to that stuff like by the time i have them they don't really know a whole lot about gender stuff they have some sense about it but luckily i don't i don't have to touch on that stuff but it's against ed code to be able to like to to talk you know to persuade that kind of stuff
2: but are are you as a, as an element or oh, i guess elementary yeah like are you or have you heard or do you guys teach or do anything in terms of like uh sexuality or gender or orientation yeah. right
1: So yeah. uh, the only thing that they get in elementary school at least in my area is they get a video about their reproductive organs and the changes they're about to incur in fifth grade so i don't even touch that and if they bring up like where do babies oh no 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 not my jurisdiction <laughs> ask mom or wait till next year right not uh-huh. not my no. But there's a lot of that happening. I mean, it goes right along with everybody just assumes that nobody says the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. We say the Pledge of Allegiance in my classroom, and we have said it every single day the last nine years. Well, I think
2: what happens is, and this goes for the far left and the far right, is they'll, they'll see one story of one place in like Ohio or one place in like Portland and they'll be like, see, this is what's happening to America. And you're like, no.
1: This is what teachers are doing these days. Yeah.
2: Right? It's like, no, you're looking at one story from this one school and this one state and this one thing and you're just thinking that's all. If, yeah. if
1: you think about it, like I adore my students and most of us do. And if that's a very sensitive subject, like Literally. I'm going to be sensitive to it. Like I am going to, If, and we actually, I, I just encountered this year, I have two, we have two students to my knowledge. One of them goes by they, them, and one of them I thought was a boy. And I accidentally said he, and the, the, you have a
2: a third grader that goes by they, them,
1: a fifth grader, we have (laughs) recessed together. And so the, they, they, them corrected me and said, that's a girl. When I thought that this was a boy. And I said, honey, I'm sorry. I'll try better. I'll be better. You know, like, okay, if that, if that's the case, I don't question it. They're trying to figure out who they are too. And I don't really think that's my business to tell them who they are or let them.
2: Yeah. You're in this weird middle ground where, like you said, it's not your business to enforce or, or to retreat. You're not allowed to reject their ideas, but you're also not allowed to like enforce someone else's ideas. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, Honestly, my rule and most of our rules as teachers is like, just be kind to one another. I don't care if you are they them him, her. I don't care. be a nice person that's it that's all so it and then you know, there's always teasing and like the bullying words that gets thrown around like just in general, don't be a dick like that's all I'm asking. just don't be a dick, don't be a dick to me, don't be a dick to your peers just But, you know, everybody's gonna fight at some point and kids do that a lot, but, and then they're picking on things and when it's like a sensitive, I mean, there's racial slurs that get thrown around in our grade schools because they're getting older, kids are, they have older siblings and stuff. And that's, it's hard, you know? So you have to kind of treat each subject, like each scenario differently. But I haven't had a student myself that had some sort of gender difference. But I I mean, if I would handle it the same as if I had a kid that had, you know, ADHD, or, you know, I have a girl that has a peanut allergy, you know, like, okay, that's their circumstance. And this kid has a mom that like, can't get off meth, like, okay, that's his circumstance. And this person likes to go by they, them, you know, and I'll work with it. I would never want to make my students uncomfortable because if they're uncomfortable with me in general they don't want to learn from me kids won't learn from someone they don't like so i have to be a really like that's true and that's my job especially in the first month of school is to just get them to like me and then we can go from there they want to listen to me and they like being around me they want to if they want to be around me then they're going to learn stuff
2: yeah i think a lot of parents they don't understand or they do and they just they ignore the fact that you have professional boundaries and i think that like if a kid says or does something that operates outside of those boundaries you refusing to go outside the boundaries is not the same as you enforcing what they're saying or doing or condemning whether you're just like hey i'm a teacher and so this is my limits in terms of influence like i'm not going to tell them to do this or not to do this that's a you that's a parenting thing so um and i think parents especially now um and you gotta think parents today are the kid people who grew up in like they were born in the year 2000 and they forget that they're your teacher not a babysitter or a second parent
1: you know and you have the parents i will tell you the parents are the worst part of my job not that i don't like the parents but
2: Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I I remember my parents. I completely believe it.
1: So kids will go like, oh my gosh, Timmy's blah, 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 and Johnny's blah, and I'll be like, guys, get over it. And like by lunch, they're fine. But parents won't let that stuff go. And then they call and complain to principals, and the principals have to... I would never be a principal because of all the crap that I see my principals have to go through. But the parents are the needy ones, you know, like, oh, well johnny says he can't see and or he doesn't like who he's sitting next to and i'm like you know what i don't have 28 corners i'm doing the best that i can and you know what if you just let me manage it i'll change them i'll do it i'll fix it but like i don't come into your job and tell you how to do your job i have a master's in teaching and i'm a behaviorist so if i'm consistently failing then let me know but if you want to Third week of school, tell me your kid doesn't feel challenged. I'll be like, give uh, me time. So right, it, yeah. that's the hard part because I'm dealing with minor, minors and they're not like it's a sensitive thing too. Like, I also can't do whatever I want. They're children and they're somebody else's children. And, every, you know, like it goes even to I can't take their picture and post it publicly. Clearly, I cannot. But I can't like take a picture with my students and put it on my Facebook. No. Yeah, you
2: can't put them on blast or anything. Yeah. No,
1: you really can't. Um, and then, like, parents start talking, and then they start talking trash about the school or the principal or the teachers. And then, Lord. you know, then there's, like, a Facebook hate thing going on. And so it's hard because... That's i more childish say, than the children. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. So I really try to, like... I've been doing this long enough that I can call with a concern for a student and then say, All right, your kid is A, but I'm concerned about B, but also C. So A and C are your compliment sandwiches. You call somebody about their pride and joy, right? They are giving us their best thing, like the thing that matters the most to them. So I have to say, Okay, your best and most important thing is very sweet and considerate. However, he likes to poke Timmy with his pencil all the time. You know, can you talk to him about that? I really appreciate your guys' working with me and can't wait to see him in the morning. You know, like you have to work on how you talk to people. You can't just call, state your purpose, and hang up.
3: Oh, God. I
2: think that that, that would that might be my biggest difficulty for I to become a teacher is the, the parental diplomacy. I, I'm not going to spend, I mean, I would because that's my job, but it would be so hard for me to be like, all right, I'm going to spend. I'm going to start burning my insanity wick just trying to fucking cater my communication style to all 30 different pairs of parents to fucking. Oh, God, that'd be draining.
1: Most of the time, I've been, I've been dead on. But when they when the kids are acting up in school and they make me it to where I have to call home, I look at them and I say, I get off work at 2.30 and you're making me come back to class, look up your phone number and call your parent. Do you know how much time out of my life you're taking? How much time you're taking away from my sons, my personal life? I don't get paid for that.
2: Are you nicer to your to your kids' teachers just be, by by virtue of being one yourself?
1: No. My <laughs> parents call about the dumbest oh, things man. too. Like the most ridiculous one is, I had a parent call and complain that I was vegan, and so my principal goes so so. What do you want me to do with that? Like, because their kid wouldn't eat meat because they thought it was healthier, because I didn't eat meat. And I only tell them that so that they don't feed me or try to feed me, right? Like moms like to cook make cookies and stuff. Like
2: that's what I'm saying. They think that everything they just they just have it in their head that like you're not teaching. You're trying to like influence their whole their, their personal. It's like fuck. Yeah, you, I don't exactly give a fuck. Exactly. I got thirty kids this hour and thirty kids another hour. Thirty. And have you seen my paychecks? Do you think I'm going to start investing my personal time to change Timmy's fucking dietary? Like, get the fuck out of my face.
1: Like I don't care what you guys eat. Just don't make yeah. me eat it, right? And so they were. She my. She goes. Well, do you want me to change his class? And they're like, no, 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 no. He loves her. No. <laughs> well, why are you calling? Like, I'm not going like you what did you you guys ate meatloaf for lunch? How dare you like, I don't do that. And then there's other things that kids will say stuff and bring it home. And then like they, it almost gets me a big fat trouble when I didn't do anything like, I'll say, Okay, don't go home and tell your parents that all we did today was watch magic school bus, we did other things, right. So then they'll be at the dinner table. And they'll say, Well, my teacher said not to tell you.
2: Of course, yeah, of course, <sighs> of course. yep Dude, no joke. I'm that kid. I'm yes. that kid. I'm 100. Then that I kid. Have
1: to go. Don't tell your parents we didn't do anything all day. Think about what we actually did, okay? But I don't do the like, and I'm learning. Sometimes I'll just do something and be like, oh, okay, whoops. So, like, I'm not doing anything ridiculous, but. You never know what comes up at the dinner team. Most of the time, the things that come up at dinner are funny, right? I have to tell the, my parents in the beginning of the year, like, you guys are probably going to hear more about me, my kids, and my cats than you will hear about academics because they don't really care about learning multiplication, but they really do care about my cat stories.
2: I mean, you, but you could also spend 45 minutes on math, but if you tell a funny cat story for five minutes, totally remember. That's, what, that's what they're going home with.
1: And this that's so... My teacher told me about this time her cat did block. And it's like, like <laughs> I swear I do teach them things, but. It's
2: like, that's, that's great. But what's four times four, you fucker?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No,
2: nothing? Great.
1: Like, I'll go through this whole thing on, like, photosynthesis or even the water cycle. And they'll go home and tell their parents <laughs> they learned nothing.
2: I'm also that kid. <laughs>
1: this, is my, this is my livelihood. And you're saying I did nothing?
2: Um, I think that I think I think that's why open house is so uh, crucial for teachers because it's their their like moment to be like, see, we do
1: shit. Trying to say, check it out. Yeah, see, we've been working. I promise. Or like, there's also parents like, well, nothing gets sent home. Are they even doing anything? Yeah, I'm doing stuff. I'm taking your calves. Stay seated. It, it, I'm gonna write a book one day. There's two routes I'm gonna go when I retire. Either I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna do stand up comedy. I could probably do sense. both. But some of the some of the shit that as teachers can say, like we can write a chicken soup for the teacher's soul, and it would all be hilarious, stupid shit that we have had to deal with as a teacher, and like. Do you know how many times I've cleaned out a kid's lunchbox because they like busted their juice box in there? Like, you don't see that. Like, they don't know that I do that on a regular basis. So I've already done that twice this year. But you know, me being vegan, that a problem.
2: Um, what would your advice be for someone who is interested in teaching and wanted to go into it?
1: I could just be an asshole and say, don't do it, but (laughs) run. (laughs) Don't do it. No, I love my job. I think I would recommend substituting to see if you even like, you can kind of figure out what age you like. Um, and then you learn a lot about what to and not to do as a substitute. And then I just think. When you are teaching as a new teacher, um give yourself more credit. I did this myself, and I see new teachers come in. It's, it's so weird. I feel like I'm still a new teacher, but now I've I've got teachers telling me that I'm so experienced, and I have all these ideas, and I'm like, what? I'm still faking it here. I don't talk to me in another ten years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I still think I'm like just winging it. Like I don't know. So, but I will say new teachers they they beat themselves up a lot and i had an amazing principal i started teaching a second third grade combo and i was pregnant and my principal was amazing she told me i think you're doing a good job and they're all learning something so you're winning so I always tell new teachers, oh, okay. All
2: principals are ex-teachers, right? That's how that has to go. No,
1: not all of them have to. Really? No, um, you can go straight into being an admin, but you have to get a different credential to be a principal. I've been asked by my superintendent to be a, a principal before, and I'm like, I don't want to be the boss of adults. I want to be able wow. to call somebody's mommy.
2: I always figured a principal was just like a super, 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 super ultra Jedi <laughs> teacher.
1: No, so sometimes they go through the ranks. They and we have other teachers called TOSAs. It's teacher on special assignment. They'll they'll do work at the district office, but no longer in the in the classroom. Um, but my very first principal was so amazing and she told me, like, hey, like they're learning something. I had two grades and they did learn stuff that year. I don't know what they did, but they did. And she told me that I was doing a good job. So I just tell other new teachers like. Give yourself some credit. You're starting with the same number of kids that you end every day, right? You haven't lost anybody. They're all alive. <laughs> they're all healthy. And they're learning stuff, right? Like, even if you teach them, I love to teach. You'll you'll remember this. You know how we can, when we were in grade school, we used to take our pencils and make it look like they were rubber pencils?
2: Yeah, you just wobble it in front of you.
1: So the first day of school, the first thing I teach them is how to make their pencils look like rubber. And I'm like, <laughs> But I want to teach them something not academics, you know, so they learn something on the first day. They learn something every single day. I learn from them. And so new teachers don't give themselves enough credit. They really don't. And I think giving yourself some grace, I screw up all the time, all the time. I'm sure that there's something today that I should have that I should have done that I didn't or you know, that I should have taught a lesson a different way. But the lessons pile on. They found their foundational skills. You can reteach at any time. And next year I can do it again and I can do it better. And then I have kids from last year that'll be like, wait, you're doing this now? I'll be like, yeah, I'm changing too, you know. So I think just, man, new teachers are so hard on themselves because the first year of teaching is fucking brutal. It really is
2: i always figured like the faculty lounge was just like a world war ii trauma tent and it was just you're all just like slumped over with like those tin foil blankets like shaking a a coffee cup
1: when we were in school everybody was like smoking like i do you remember the teachers (laughs) that smoked you're like oh man miss smith she smokes you see her over there you know but the teacher's lounge is where the real material is because you see us like already angry about something that happened. And then that's when you get the most amount of curse words and you get the real need right, yeah. of it. You know, we used got to, the core of it used, all. our old, our old, old school used to be our teacher's lounge was right behind the like the office, like right there. So our receptionist constantly during our lunch, which I'm loud and so are my colleagues. She would constantly have to get up and close the door because we would be too loud. And then, as parents and people were coming in, we're cackling over whatever, and it's just, <laughs> it's entertaining. But at the same time, like we need that. We need to get together and just bitch because
3: yeah,
2: of course we
1: don't yeah. do that. And the only people that really understand that is another teacher. So I'll bring something up and like we all talk about it and then we kind of talk about like all right well how can we not have that happen you know hey let me
2: ask a question you know remember how we'd have those uh staff development days
1: yeah like people what the right.
2: fuck is that no but like for real what the fuck's going on like do you are all just meet and drink somewhere no like, what, no, what is no no that so
1: we didn't have that until um last year what they used to do is they used to give us substitutes for those days and then we would go to training we actually have a pupil free day coming up in like two weeks because we have we go to training
2: so you're actually training, you're not like just meeting at a bar yes, or something? Yeah,
1: make us actually work on those days. Uh, right. I wish it was a bar. I'd be like, oh, let's go uh, around in Jen's pool. We'll hang out.
2: I thought it was a bullshit euphemism. Like, fuck kids day.
1: I thought I used to think that pupil free... Okay, I want another <laughs> one to, that I don't have to go to training. I want a day four or five of a year where I can just go into work and not have students there. So I don't have to come in on a Sunday and prep or anything like that. But I don't have that time. It's kind of built into like our contract. But I want a day to come in and work from seven forty five to two thirty in my classroom. You know how much shit I would get done like Oh my gosh! I would get so much stuff. There.
2: So just to recap and be clear, you as a teacher, your ideal day is a day without students.
1: No kids. No kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do love my kids, but it's I need time like... to prepare for them. And honestly, it's like most trivial things. Like they'll be like, "Well, when I do this, it hurts." So I'm like, they're like poking on like part of their hand, and I'm like, "Then don't do that." <laughs>
2: Um, What's been the biggest sacrifice you've had to make becoming and being a teacher?
1: I could line up teachers for days. And I think the first thing that comes out of our mouth is um, our potty breaks. We don't get potty breaks. Like I have to go before school, at recess, at lunch and after school. So I can't drink a lot of water during that time because if I need to go to the bathroom, heaven forbid I have tummy troubles, right? If I need to go to the bathroom, somebody has to watch my class. I can't just leave them. There's no way, no way. It's not well, free. what
2: about, don't you have like five or 10 minutes between each, uh, or, or am I thinking of high school?
1: Uh, you're thinking middle school and high school. I have my kids, like currently I go and get them at eight and I have them in my class with me until 10, 15. And then we get a 15 minute recess. And then from 10.30 to 11.35, we're in there. And then I have lunch from 11.35 to 12.20. And then from 12.20 to 2.15, I have them. Gotcha. I don't. I can't just like go potty.
2: You can't raise your hand and go, yeah. No. And on.
1: the thing is, they can. So right. I'm like, well, I don't get to go. If I need to go, I need to call the office and they have to come stand in my classroom so I can go. So it had better be an emergency for me. So potty breaks for us, number one. There have been other times when, like my health. So instead of calling, this isn't a job that you just go like, hey, Bob, I'm not coming in. You have to, like, we do get sick, obviously. And there are times when I just like text my principal and I'm like, I have a fever, I can't come in or whatever. And they don't, they can't get a sub right away. And then if they do get a sub, the sub doesn't know what to do, right? so instead of calling sick i go in because there is no replacement for me even if i have a substitute which moves me to the my next thing is when i try to take time off for a substitute today i was there until four o'clock planning for a substitute for half a day that means i have to have everything planned out to a t okay from to 845 we're doing PE and from and then this is what you have to do during PE you have to leave specific instructions for a person who's never met your class right
2: really you can't just be like make sure they don't die for an hour No,
1: no they won't have anything to do with these kids so we plan the lessons I lay out worksheets I you know I specific like I have a student that's really tough this year and he has a really hard time when I'm gone so he I made arrangements for the school counselor to hang out with him. While she's working, he can just come in to, and hang out with her. But I have left everything that they could possibly need, plus some for them to have stuff. But if I took a week off, I planned for five days of subs to, every minute was planned. I had five days of subs and then it took me weeks to do all that planning. Right, right. And that's not stuff I can do when I have my class. So before and after school, I'm typing out sub plans and making copies and labeling everything, making sure that there's very clear instructions on what to do every single day.
2: I never thought about that. I figured it was just you guys had like a day-to-day book of stuff and you just tell the sub, hey, go to page, have them read page, you know, 48. Oh, man.
1: So if I called in tomorrow morning at 6, I called my boss and said, yo, I'm barfing she'll be like oh no okay stay home let me know how it goes but they don't have a sub and my 30 students will be split up amongst anybody who wants to take them i've taken some of my colleagues kids i do get paid more i get paid a little Ooh. bit more yeah it's not a lot don't get too excited uh. but i get paid more money for taking somebody else's kids you know because they would have paid a sub so instead they take that sub pay and split it amongst the stu- the people who took extra students
2: so uh last question Do you think you'll just be a teacher like this? Is it you found your your calling? You'll be a teacher
1: yeah, uh until you I retire. Do. I it took me a while. So I just I don't really think I could do anything else. I've never had a job this long. Um I I love my students. And I will tell you, I live for that aha moment when we work so hard and they finally understand something and they go oh like that genuine that light bulb click huh and that that i live for and when that happens i just get that feeling in my in my body and i'm like i did that i did that and they come back and see me and they love me and i love them i know i talk a lot of shit about everything that i do And I know I get paid in crayons and I know that it's a hard job, but I mean, my, anybody who knows me knows that I am a teacher. That's part of who I am. So it's not like I could just go to a bank and push around papers. Like it would just, it wouldn't be happy. I don't think I could do anything that didn't have meaning like this after doing this.